Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Snap on Ego. My name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Ziffer, and it is now seeming to be a common thing of when I start recording. I don't know why I did this last week, Chris. Uh, remember when I said your thing glitched up right when we started? Oh, yeah, the Spider-Verse glitch? Yeah, it just did it again. So, you know, whatever. Cool. It means it's going to be Chris. a great episode. This Hi. is Chris Butte. <laughs> it's Mr. Bootman. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. There's a lot of things that have happened the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm really excited. But before we start, I have a very important question for you that's been rattling in my brain. It's a very simple one, one that you've probably heard before in some way or another. Do tell. What is the best fast food burger? Dude, <laughs> so uh, I don't know how many people know this. I'm actually vegetarian. So that's oh, okay. weird. That's an interesting question. So, but you guys, there are plenty of fast food places that have a vegetarian option. Burger King's got the Impossible Whopper. Uh, Carl's Jr. has the Beyond version. Mm -hmm. We used to have, Del Taco was doing some Beyond Meat. That's not a burger, but they were doing Beyond Meat and they just got rid of it, which is brutal. A lot of places are experimenting. You know what was the best? I'm going to circle back to your question. I just got to educate people about some meatless options. All right. Uh, Panda Express had beyond orange chicken and it was fucking delicious and well, then, their orange chicken sauce is really good so exactly. like just so, it, it, that that will make anything that can yeah. seemingly taste bad to most people just be amazing yeah the sauce so what, what i've taste. been doing i've been going to the grocery store and getting the orange chicken sauce because they sell it bottled Ooh. and i've just been doing my own kind of orange chicken at home now because i miss it so much but anyways anyways the only two there's there's quite a few places that do it um, by the way, uh, what is it? Smash burger. They do a black bean burger. I'm not a fan of black meat burgers. I like, oh, I got, I got, I got one for you in a second. I like the meatless we'll option. That. But anyways, if I had to choose, I think, I think I like the Carl's Jr. Beyond Burger more than I like the Burger King Impossible Whopper. But now, if you want to talk pre-vegetarian, yeah, pre-vegetarian, I don't know. <laughs> How long have you been vegetarian? What was, what was the last time you had a real burger? Um, a real burger was, geez. So my girlfriend and I, I think we've been dating seven years now and I turned mm-hmm. vegetarian about a year into that. So it's been about six years. I've had meat accidentally a couple times in between. Like, uh, they, they put like when we'll order pizza from a new pizza place, it'll have like, Oh, here's a white sauce, like cheese and some veggies. And they just like fucking cram bacon in there for some reason. And mm-hmm. you don't see it listed. But like I'm, of the, I'm like, hey, it's already here. Pig's already dead. They put it here. I'm not letting it go to waste. I'll just like eat it, yeah. you know. But like an actual burger, God, I can't even remember. It's got to be like six years. Unless here's something I'm always paranoid about. Like the meatless options, you guys. Like they they're very very similar. People could be like fast food people fuck up your order all the time. Like how many times have they given me like an actual burger and I've just been like, oh okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how would I know? I don't fucking put it through a laboratory test before I shove it in my mouth, you know? Speaking of laboratories, um, how would you feel? Uh, let me ask you real quick to get to that question, I suppose. Are you vegetarian mostly for, like, animal rights type of ah. things? Or is it a health or, or both? Like, what's the reasoning? Fantastic question. It was, uh, it was completely a health thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when I got sober... Um, I had congestive heart failure. Like my heart was like almost the size of my lung. It was fucking huge. So I was always dealing with like blood pressure issues on a bunch of heart medications. And then, um, like my girlfriend was already vegetarian. My best friend was like vegan at the time. Like she always goes back and forth. But anyways, I, uh, 
I was like, okay, fine, I'll try meatless. And we went to this thing called Veg Fest here in Vegas. It's like a huge vegetarian festival. And I tried a meatless chicken sandwich. I was like, this is fucking delicious. So I was like, I'll try it for a month. And I lost like 20 pounds and my blood pressure dropped. So I'm like, yeah. all right. You know, like the substitutes were good enough for me. So like, I just kept doing it. But now, but now that I am vegetarian, I get to take the moral high ground over everybody. <laughs> no matter how bad of a person you think I am, I do not eat animals. <laughs> There's the lie in the sand. So know okay, that. So that every time we record, just know Chris is better than me. <laughs> if there's a oh, yeah. he's going there. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you this then. When thinking about uh, lab-grown, if they get to the point of lab-grown being actually like, you know, something that can be available to the masses where it is still yeah. authentically meat, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, in the, it's basically like they take the muscle fiber and grow it that way, and it mm-hmm. tastes exactly the same, it's prepared the same way, and it works the exact same way, but there's no animal suffering, all that kind of stuff. Would you be open to having that mixed in on occasion? Or, like, See, or do you like still... Value the health yeah, benefits like that's or whatever. The thing. Well, over over time, I have become more like you know about ethical animal stuff. You know, especially with how it contributes to like climate change and shit like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it would it would go back to the health stuff. You know what I mean? Like because if it's lab grown and it's like literally like this like red meat like is bad still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then then I would just stick with it. Like yeah, uh, I missed it at first, but like now I'm now I'm pretty chill. You know. But uh, what, yeah. what's your what's your favorite burger? I think um, I, I, I lean towards Culver's. Has been like never that. heard of that in my life. So that that the reason for that is because you're out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, Culver's is originally from uh, Wisconsin. That's where it started, and yeah. it's basically like it's made its way down to Florida and stuff like that. And it's on the East Coast. I don't think there are any Culver's uh, west of the Mason Dixon. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like uh, kind of like how we got Mississippi. In and Out. We got in and out out here on the West yeah. Coast. You guys don't got that? It, I think it stretches to Texas. Does it? And like I think it's slowly making its way to the East Coast. I think there's like an in and out like in like Georgia now or some shit. Um same with like Whataburger, similar similar vibe. Yeah, um, yeah. I used to go to Texas a lot when I was in my counter strike programming, one of the biggest tournaments, CPL was in Texas, and we'd get Whataburger and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean but, uh, uh, but speaking of like vegetarian burgers. Okay, I know yeah. you say you don't like black bean burgers. Do you have Burger Twenty One out there? Never heard of it. Wait, no. Wait, do we? Do we? That sounds familiar. Let me let me Google it real quick. Burger Twenty One. If anyone is interested, and I am not a vegetarian by any stretch of the imagination. I, I love me a good steak. I love me some like you know some chicken and shit. I understand the the how awful it is and everything. I, I've seen the videos of like you know like the fucking slaughtering and that. It makes me feel kind of sad, but I, <laughs> I'm still eating the burger. Uh, also, I've seen like the videos of like how hot dogs are made, and people are like, "Yeah, you you, you like eating assholes and shit." Like all the like You're the, like, the awful parts, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hell yeah, brother! It's delicious. Give me an extra." But anyway, Burger Twenty One has a fucking phenomenal black bean burger. Which is my default that I get when I go there over anything else they have. Does it? Um, it has um, uh, pico de gallo, uh, has avocado on it, has sun dried uh, tomato aioli uh, on the black bean burger, um, and some like uh, onions. It's fucking phenomenal. It is delicious. It is my favorite thing there. It's also like on a whole wheat bun. It's great. It's all- how, about, how about everybody in the comments? Let us know who has the best burger. 
Let us know. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting? So my son, my son eats meat. Um, mm-hmm. But he fucking loves Beyond Burgers. Like, he loves them. He'll, like, eat that over. Like, I'll get him some meat when he's uh, over here. And, like, uh, he'll, like, still choose the Beyond Burger. He just loves it. Like, I'm like, I'm like, it's all right, <laughs> you know, when we make it at home. But, like, yeah, it's interesting. So, if anybody wants to try, it's my son approved. Yeah, I'll have to. I mean, I don't really get that much Beyond stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think it's a, it's a texture thing for the most times that I've had it. It's uh, has a bit more, to me, a bit more tougher, rubbery almost texture that, like, yeah. I can't get my brain beyond it. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, dude, uh, that's how I am. Uh, like, I'm a very texture type eater too like it'll fuck me up like um uh have you heard of jackfruit so they use jackfruit Barbecue for like jackfruit pulled, is fantastic i've for had like that. pulled pork and i i can't like if it's like chunky if it's not like shredded like my brain is like this fruit should not taste like meat and it fucks me up like i almost i almost puked okay last thing that we could talk about marble snap my girlfriend and i we found this place she found it on instagram it's called juicy marbles and uh google it real quick look up juicy marbles all right. All right. And look at this thing. We've been ordering these. It's fucking expensive, but it is so damn good. So J-U-I-C-Y marbles. Raw plant, fancy plant meat. So like click on uh, shop or whatever. Yeah, I see, I see a filet mignon there. Yeah, filet mignon, a whole cut loin. We've been getting the whole cut loins. Like for three of them, it was like 120 bucks or something like that. But like it is it like when my girlfriend showed me this, I was like, no way. I'm like, that thing is going to be one of those things that screws with my head. I think it's going to be disgusting. And it is so delicious. Last night. Um, what did I make? God, what? I, oh, I made beef enchiladas last night with it. But we made uh, a beef Wellington with it. It was delicious. My son and I cooked that up. It's really, really good. So it says, uh intramuscular fat akin to prime grade cuts keeps the meat moist during cooking ensuring a flavorful steak full of deeply permeating flavors and aromas so it's it's plants right yeah yeah so yeah that, like they're they're some fucking those guys are like some fucking food scientists i don't know how they they do it we also have a, a chinese place here in town called chef kenny's and like i'm like this has to be meat like how is this so good he makes like shrimp and like it's crazy. It is crazy what some of these people can do with flavors. Um but yeah. Wow. So anybody if you're interested in uh, in meatless options, hit me up anytime. I'll I'll direct you in the path of the, the good shit. So I guess we should go and talk about Marvel Snap instead of the uh, Yeah, I guess we gotta talk about that shit. All right. So San Diego Comic Con is happening right now, or just basically is there are there still they're still going on, right? This it's a three day thing, um, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's the last uh, day. Yeah, I think today's the last day. So, of course, Marvel Snap is out there. But you know who else is out there, Chris? Who? The game that you like is uh, DC Dual Force is out there. And they actually flew Nina is Noob out there on a sponsored trip. No, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right now. Did you know they didn't just fly Nina out there? Who else did they fly out there? They flew Nina, they flew Specimen. They flew Mogwai. Yeah, they flew Mogwai oh, out Mogwai there. Mogwai can expect because he stopped playing yeah. on the snap. Yeah. So what's crazy to me is that these are all all three of them. Mogwai. Have, what? Is it pronounced Mogwai? No, Mogwai, like the fucking gremlins. Mogwai. Is it Mogwai? I don't know. He's the Brazilian, right? 
he's from Spain, isn't he? Oh, he's, I'm pretty sure he's Brazilian. He always has the Brazilian anyway, flag. They, the threw, they flew Whatever. three people from out of the country. All right. <laughs> but they flew him out there and stuff. And if you want, if we want to dedicate a segment, like I haven't been playing that much DC Dual Force lately. I, I'm like. Because of like, Batman I, not being nerfed hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking drives me nuts. Drives, drives me nuts. Valuable, the other thing, valuable lesson, Chris. Real quick. Valuable lesson to be learned from any okay. card game. Any type of card that gives you card advantage in a way of reducing cost or providing free things to keep playing with on an infinite basis is going to be bad for the game for the long term. Batman, for those who don't know, in the rules of DC Dual Force... um, Basically, he each hero or villain, I suppose, like the the those the types leaders. of cards have the leaders. Yes, thank you. They have their own abilities, and Batman's is he generates uh, what are they called? Gadgets. Um, gadgets. Thank you. Like the bat gadgets, and there's like the boomerang, the the, the gas, and stuff like that. And they all do things, but there's a couple of them. Like the boomerang, I think is free. All of them. Every single. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're all every free. Every single gadget's right. free. Yeah. So and like, they all yeah. do things, so that's yeah. really that's. I, I've I've heard people talk about this in Marvel Snap because Marvel Snap's my first card game since playing Magic when I was in middle school, and people always say like cost reduction in card games is huge, right? Absolutely, and like yeah, his shit, it's it's all free, and he generates these. He generates them every other turn because he only uh, takes two charges. Then there are cards that generate gadgets for free as Which well. Which work with there him and the strategy. So this is, this is a free resource. And then there's um, a recruit card called Batwing who gets plus one, plus one stats with every gadget you play. So it's like the whole thing is just fucked. It's fucked, right? And here's the thing. Okay, we're going to get back to San Diego Con- Comic Con, but you guys got me going. You got me going, all right? So they nerfed Batman because the Batarang used to do two damage. Now it does one. I was like, okay, that's all right, right? But anyways, leading up to this quote-unquote nerf that barely did shit, people were auto-retreating. Like if you queued into a game with a Batman deck, people were auto-retreating against you because it's unranked mode. Nobody gives a shit. They're just like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play against this, right? And yeah. uh, I would do the same. Well, after the nerf, people started staying in, and then they realized it's still fucking busted. But here's the crazy thing, and Brad, you've been around the card game scene for a while, so maybe you can offer some insight, but I think it's a dumb decision. But they they had some logic behind this, that they wanted they wanted new players to have access to these easy-to-play decks. So one of the free decks is a Batman Wonder Woman deck, right? It is the most powerful deck in the game. And their logic said something like, other decks, like uh, Batgirl, for example, example is like similar but different but they wanted the more complex ones to be a little bit later on but the complex ones are not as good as the easy ones so like it would make sense to me if the complex ones were more powerful so it gave somebody some uh incentive like right now i don't know what the incentive is to get new cards you start out with the most powerful deck in the game and i see people bitching right now like they just uh upped how many like packs you can get to open and how much like Mm -hmm. um dual coins you can get per day and i'm like why why would you want any other cards right if you want to win just use this fucking starter deck with batman and wonder woman so i'm so like doesn't that logic seem a little backwards right um so yes and no um yes because of the idea of player progression and things like that um but no in the sense of um it's it's an i it's it's probably DC's most iconic character 
Um, yeah, kind of like Snap did. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, where it, it's just so goddamn powerful um, because they want it to feel that way. They they want it to feel like you're playing with Batman, which Snap has had this issue. Like prior to High Evolutionary, who played Hulk? Right. It didn't yeah. feel like Hulk when you played him. And now, even with the nerfs and stuff, you can still have that impact. I think you. I think uh, DC is taking that the extra mile of like you want to introduce players into your game with characters they recognize. How like m- more the average person is going to know who Batman is. They they might not even that be that familiar with characters like that we would think is pretty easy to know is like the Flash, Wonder Woman, things like that. Even yeah. with the movies Cyborg. and stuff, people people know. Batman. People know Superman. So make yeah. those the ones that are the the best uh, to kind of introduce. But yes, I do agree that it should be a, a balancing act between introducing players to cards that are easy to play while also being competitively leaning, to, like in a good way, yeah. but also not making it so that there's no point to continue growing from there. So it's yeah. either you raise, you know, the high tide raises all ships or you just buff everything else around it. Or you nerf Batman to where, what if you hit him too hard? He's not played anymore. Like if, if every gadget costs one or like a bronze in, 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 uh, in that game, yeah, you think that'd be bad? Like he wouldn't be playable anymore. Like that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think where they should start is raising his um, charge from two to three. Um, because every other turn, while you also have other like bronze cards that are generating, uh, you know, uh, gadgets and stuff like that. But also my other main issue with the game is it's, I'd say one out of, if you're, if you get behind, if you get behind in a game, if you took 10 of those games, maybe one or two of those, you can come back. It is very hard to come back in that game. If somebody uh, gets a good starting hand and snowballs early, like you are, you're fucked. Like you're just done with the way that things like buff cards in that game. So like, uh, especially with unranked mode, like there's no incentive to even stay there. Like if somebody has like a good first one or two turns, you just leave. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, I know for a fact, this isn't going anywhere. This is just going to be me putting stuff out on the board. You destroying it, me putting stuff out on the board, you destroying it. Like, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I think those are the two main issues. I think balance and maybe the balancing will help the games, uh, have a little bit more of a fight because right now my three frames of reference are Marvel snap, Legends of Runeterra and DC Dual Force. Mm. If DC Dual Force could get to a place where Legends of Runeterra is, where you can like be behind and then just have a massive comeback, because DC Dual Force has like a lot of late game decks, right? Like Cyborg gets buff off of every uh, card you draw, and then he just does massive power. Black Adam, he takes 10 charges and then has a very powerful ability. But like some of these, like some of those decks are just unplayable because if you fall behind early, you're never going to get to that point. In like Legends of Runeterra, there's a lot of late game decks and you can kind of just put shit out on the board to delay your opponent until you get to that point. It's like, yeah, they need so, more stonewally type of effects, or at least in yeah. the game where it, maybe not like you don't want them to be blanket like playable in every single deck where it becomes the meta, where it becomes like this turtle defense uh, meta. But yeah. making it so like cards that interact with the uh, like the uh, the Legion or whatever that um, Black Adam belongs to or Cyber belongs to because they're all in their different things, right? There's like yeah. four of them. Um, if you make those cards the ones that are opposite from Batman and like the, his Legion. 
uh, and make those better to provide a natural counter to a Batman deck and introduce it to the meta, you will should in theory see Batman's you know percentage drop a little bit to where other decks can feel like they can yeah. the ones that can play against those uh, turtle strategies a lot more effectively than Batman um, can rise up and then you can create this balancing act. Yeah, the other the other thing I'm wondering I've been wondering too because like there are some counters like where you get them like like I can beat a Batman deck with some of my decks. If I, if I, if I get the snowball action first, because I could just start taking their stuff out quick. And there's some cards that will like instantly remove like, uh, like a strong, powerful recruit or whatever. But in Legends of Runeterra, you can get three copies of every card. And in DC Dual Force, you can only get two of each and they have the different factions. So if you have two different faction types, you can get. 20 of each faction, you know? So I'm, I'm also trying to figure out, I'm like, if they changed it so you can get three or if they made it so you didn't have to have 20 and 20, like maybe, because like in Legends of Runeterra, you also have to limit, they have regions, right? Which is similar, but I could put like, you know, 30 cards from one region and then 10 from another. And then I also have three of each. So like what I'm getting at is sometimes you do have counters for the other person's deck, but you just never find them because there's only two of them in yeah. there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I It feels like, and I, I've heard good things about the company that's making it. Like they've been really good with like games in the past. So it makes me like. It's also I, beta. Like you can't, you can't put too much. Like, I mean, let's think about all the broken shit that was in snaps beta. Right. Uh, um, I don't I, I wasn't around. Did you play the beta? I played a little bit. Um, oh, I, I, but nowhere near as much. I, I play. I officially started actually playing genuinely um, at launch. But I, I had like I played a, few, a little bit here and there. But I kept an eye on the game while I was waiting for it to launch because I'm not a big fan of playing things in beta for the most part. Um, I like it. I like seeing uh, the final when the company feels like it's ready to go. That's where I'm interested because in, I'm like, okay, we're getting serious now. But give you some examples. Nova was a one. Like, we know he was a one two before, but he used to give plus two to everything. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. huge. Okoye was a one one that gave plus one everything. Got it. Like I, I remember that, like, uh, like people saying like like Mr. Negative started off at like a four four or yeah, something crazy. Four, four. <laughs> uh Hell Cow is a two six. Oh yeah, you could do like Hell Cow and Lady Sif and then like Ghost Rider because uh, uh it was Strong Guy because he was a two three that um oh, that yeah. got really big. So yeah, there there's a yeah. lot of stuff in beta that gets broken. Yeah, um, like I'm I'm keeping an eye on it because I, I've had so much fun with the game, but like just now that I'm used to it, and and I've stopped playing Legends of Runeterra too. So for everybody who's like, why you guys talk about other card games? Like at the end of the day, like right now, like I'm still obsessed with Snap. Like mm-hmm. playing other games gives me so much more appreciation for Snap. Like, and it's one of the reasons I defend them. I'm like, I'm like, go go. Fight. It's almost like when you're in a relationship. It's like, okay, go date that other guy for a minute. See how fucking terrible that is, and then come back come back to papa but the other thing is i've uh just having this conversation i have so much more respect for like glenn jones right like the way he responds and the thought process that goes into all these things we have also have yet to have that communication from dc dual force and like i check the creator chat and that's the other thing that's kind of pissed me off about them lately i've legitimately had issues where i can't log in and i have to reinstall the game and like nobody fucking answers me. 
Like nobody. I'm like, I'm like, we're in the creator chat. We're not in the main Discord. It's a separate Discord, right? Like Marvel Snap, our creator chat's in the main Discord. So they're keeping eyeballs on everything. This is a completely separate Discord and I can't get responses. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. I cannot log in. I'm showing them screenshots and nobody says shit. And I've had to just troubleshoot on my own. So yeah, I'll give them a little grace because they're in the beta. I'm a big fan of PVE. That's what got me into, um, Legends of Runeterra, but I'm more familiar with the DCIP. So playing their like PVE when I get bored or need a break from Snap, I feel like, okay, whatever. Cause then I don't really care about balancing issues and all that bullshit. Cause I'm just playing against a computer. So, so once that gets going and we'll see, they have some new cards coming out. Like I think they're introducing Blue Beetle soon because of the movie. Um, so like we'll, we'll see how things go. Uh, but right now I'm not a happy camper. Marvel Snap boy all the way. That's me. Well, the reason we brought up DC Dual Force being as Comic-Con flying out these creators like Nina, Specimen, and uh, Mogwai, 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 whatever you want to fucking say, um, should Marvel Snap be doing this? Should Marvel Snap be having a bit more of a... Because, uh, I mean, I would argue that at this point in time, Second Dinner has a lot more money to throw around than uh, the developer of DC Dual Force, right? Um, yeah. Because I think that's safe to assume. I know the uh, I know the other company has a bit more of a track record and and revenue from other games and stuff like that. Uh, but Second Inner has made a shitload of money. So should they be actually that's taking creators? Bit. Yeah, should they be taking creators and like flying them out for Comic Con and things? Um, just to, to, but I think especially because they've dropped the ball on other things. For example, uh, Regis a few a month or two ago. I don't remember. It was the PC gaming convention. Oh, like it was that. pissed that they talked about fucking conquest mode in front of all these people. Yeah, but they didn't showcase anything about the game. It's like about they, the game, they yeah. talked about conquest and showed like in-game screenshots of the UI of conquest and stuff like that, and like their announcement of it, but nothing on Marvel Snap how it works, something like that. So like they they delivered it with the expectation that people knew what it was, but like no one knew. So they really dropped the ball in that manner. So like getting more creators out there to like promote your game or better yet, take a page out of other people's books rather than just fly out established creators of borrow snap, which I think they definitely should, right? Like your Dexters, your cozies, <laughs> things like that. You got to go reach out to someone that's like a magic player, a, uh, a hearthstone player that hasn't gotten over yeah. to, to the second dinner yet for a snap and fly their ass out and have them do some like, like they DC had Nina do a Twitch stream from her account over like on the stage. Basically where I got that in a booth playing yeah. DC dual force. Why isn't snap doing this for like flying so- out of these other creators to do that? So there's a, there's a few things like I I've worked in like marketing and branding for a while. And like, I don't have like an insane amount of expertise working with influencers, even though like I do social media on my own, but anyways, it looks like DC dual force. Cause there's two ways to look at this, right? DC dual force is investing a lot right now, but um, hindsight, like in a few months, that might look like a terrible decision, right? Like somebody might get fired for how much money, like how, like I was emphasizing that they flew these people from out of the country, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that's, that's flight, hotel, um, typically like, um, like when I would get flown out to places, like I would get a per diem, right? They might've also gotten paid, but it also looks like, don't quote me on this, but DC Dual Force might've also paid 
uh, Twitch for front front page positioning for these creators too while they stream. So yeah. they could have spent fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars on this. And if they don't get that return on investment, it'll be fucked. But here's the other thing. Here's the reason why we wanted to talk about this too. Ben Brode over on threads, because he's not posting on Twitter anymore, posted a fucking picture. You better put this on the YouTube video. Posted a picture with a few creators, and one of them was Nina. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> right? Like DC Dual Force paid all this money to fly Nina out. And then Brent Ben Brode's like, hey. She's with us, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of funny to me, but I'm curious to see. I wish we had, um, better metrics. We can check on Twitch, but I want to see if this benefited DC Dual Force. How many people signed up for the beta because of these big creators they signed out? The people who saw them on Twitch, you know what I mean? Because, um, Mogwai's been, uh, really getting into team fight tactics. I saw him playing a bunch of DC Dual Force, and now I'm curious if he actually liked it or if it's because he was getting paid. Nina, mm -hmm. I don't recall doing any DC Dual Force content. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe I, I worse. Yeah. Uh, Specimen, I can't remember if he did. I, I don't, I know for a fact, Nina, I don't want to say for a fact. I have to look it up. Nina and Specimen haven't posted on their YouTube channels. Um, like Nina's new video was like opening up like 20 mystery variants, you know? Yeah. So anyways, I'm curious if they'll bring some of the snap audience over. And even though like with you asking about like, should Marvel snap start doing this? And I do have another thing to add. Uh, right now, like it's, it's good that there's some competition, right? Ben Brode and his team has to look at DC dual force and be like, should we be doing this? But the last thing I'll say is, for those of you who didn't know, if you go check the official Marvel Snap YouTube channel, your boy Bootman just did a video over there that came and asked me. And they've been doing this for about a month, month and a half now, having picking uh, us creators to go introduce a card. We get early access to it, get to record some gameplay. And um, I just did Echo over there, which is dope because it's a tech card. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering if maybe second dinner strategy was build up that excess of money and now they can start experimenting with some things, uh, flying people out. Uh, when you were talking, I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. What if they flew a creator down to second dinner offices and did like a vlog there a day cool. at second dinner, you know? So, so I don't know. What do you, do you think that there's any hint of that happening with them inviting us creators that like make content on their channel, like getting a little bit more interactive with us? Yeah, it could be one of those things where they're focusing on developing the, uh, the actual community within Marvel snap first and then expand, um, which, you know, it's, it's their prerogative. It's, they have a marketing team. Of course they have advisors and they, they, they're being told like what they think would be the best way to grow the game. And the course of action they're taking is, you know, what they deem to be the best. So I can't yeah. really give too much insight of what's going on. I, I'm hoping that maybe that's a sign for things to come with them, you know, getting creators more involved on the snap channel, stuff like that. And maybe they can start reaching out. Um, but Hey, it's just at the end of the day, we're just some random creators that happen to be, you know, involved with Marvel Snap, and uh, we can only go so far into what the insights are, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Can't get sued. But I will say, like, um, I uh, when they first announced the creator program, like on that page where it listed everything, like I was stoked because it really looked like they were going to invest in a lot in creators, and yeah. like. It seemed like aside from getting our 2000 gold that makes us fucking corporate shills, I guess. Uh, but, uh, 
uh, it seemed like they were doing a lot more. They were going to do a lot more. So just seeing them host creators, I'm like, okay, maybe you guys got some stuff kind of moving on in the backgrounds that we don't know about. So I'm hoping because even though DC Dual Force is in their beta, we we keep trying to remind the audience, right, that Second Dinner is still in their infancy as well. We're not even a year into global release yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, but go ahead. They had other cool stuff there. I mean, so That's Second Dinner didn't do anything wrong. What transition to? What, what oh, kind of cool perfect. stuff do they have, Brad? Well, we got some looks at some uh, pretty interesting variants. Um, one variant in particular I'm, that we've seen months ago we saw this leaked in some way or maybe they they did a different event where they showcased it in some way or the other but we got to see it again and it's making me very hopeful for something because you know what my biggest complaint is with variants or what actually i would say the community's biggest complaint is with variants is chris what why is it that when i play squirrel girl when i play mr sinister and i play all these cards oh, yeah. the variants do not carry over to only their own unique art of the tokens they generate. Well, if one of these variants we got to see uh, is any indication of that, it's Squirrel Girl, where mm-hmm. there's this there's a new line of variants, like you have the noir ones and stuff like that, like the, the ones that are like the, the House of M, like all these variants that are with are like twenty ninety nine even, right? Another category is zombies, which I'm stoked we, for that. We know Oh, yeah. yeah, we know that Marvel Zombies is a huge, has a huge fan base, huge following. It had its own What If episode, which actually is now branched into an entire series that's been in development now for Disney Plus. Really? Uh, for Marvel. Yeah, an animated um, Marvel Zombies series um, is in development. So that's really cool. So it's awesome that they're bringing this into the game. One of them that they showcased was Squirrel Girl, but they also showed a art rendition of a squirrel being zombified as well, in addition to Squirrel Girl. So that may be our first variant that has a token uh, that shares the stylization. And I'm hoping they go back and look at a lot of these variants. And there's not a lot of cards that do this, right? It's going to be like, you know, Mr. Sinister, Brood, Squirrel Girl. Um, and is that it? Uh, well, I guess like since something I'm thinking like, wouldn't it it'd be kind of cool? I don't know how much it would affect the game, but like uh, Korg and Rock Slide, maybe if their rocks yeah. looked a little different when they uh, shoved them into your deck and stuff like that. Um, but also, what uh, since I was a huge Mysterio player in Majantris, I still love Mysterio with like my bounce decks and stuff. But um, remember how long it took for them to just get Mysterio variants to even be a thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and Hulkbuster still doesn't have it huh hulkbuster still has that issue where like and again again i get it the flavor of hulkbuster is that you know it uh well no the flavor is backwards because he's on the outside so yeah he, he that first um teddy uh over on can't stop snapping had a great idea for this for these type of things like hulkbuster or even like phoenix right because a lot of people were like a little annoyed that like it became you have these cool phoenix force variants right but then it just becomes whatever card it goes into, which is great flavorfully, right? He was saying, just make it so it flickers. Just like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, it's this card, and then trans- like flickers into the other card, and then yeah. vice versa repeatedly. I'm like, that's a great idea. That's very simple. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, those handful of cards that make token generations are ones to come. I'm hoping that they kind of go back and like readjust some of these variants for them. Um, I know that involves commissioning like uh, these artists that made them and things like that. So they might not be super inclined to do so. But 
hopefully we just get a lot more variants that, you know, make these kind of, these kinds of cards a lot more exciting to use their variants for. Cause like I have some cool, like brood variants that I like to use and stuff, but the broodlings look the same. Mr. Sinister has a very cool, uh, slew of variants. Um, yeah. and a isn't played that much outside of like Patriot. Right. Um, and B you just get the same Sinister clone every single time. And I like the yeah. idea of the rocks too, by the way. Yeah, there's uh yeah, there there is some hope though. Like they've been slowly adding uh more animations in, right? So it's something that's yeah. on the forefront because I think one of the things that like Ben Brode and the team like like when they created Marvel Snap, like I watched like their little talks. Like it'd be cool if they post the Comic-Con one, but um like one of their main things is the art, right? And that whole unique collection thing. So they are so I think I I don't know. It just seems like it's with with them caring about that so much, it's taking way too long you know mm-hmm. um but it's something i want to do like the animations i'm loving i love how they don't like just really put it in your face like hey we have new animations you're just kind of playing like i tweeted out, i'm like oh shit infinite has an animation now when he's activated he starts like glowing and yeah. stuff um, Kids, if you didn't see my tweet about that i saw oh. you post that being like oh shit infinite has an animation like five days ago i tweeted that where, where were you <laughs> where were you chris I don't, I don't live on Twitter, but actually I do. I have two monitors and Twitter's constantly open. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I must have missed it. Uh, Agent 13 has a cool one. Um, yep. they just introduced a saber tooth one. That's kind of cool. That was like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It does like a huge, like, yeah, it was, on the it was Shuri, Agent 13, Sabretooth, and Infinite were the ones that got oh, animation. I, you know, I couldn't tell if that Shuri one was new. I saw it. I'm like, did I just never notice it? It's very minimal, right? Yeah. Like, I the wish little... they made it a bit bigger. Um, yeah. But so they, she cool. also has a thing where, like, um, not only does she have the thing where it does a little, like, you know, computerized things, yeah. but also does the scan the of scan. the card that gets dropped, yeah. which, you know, for those of you that saw my video uh, that I posted on Twitter of my uh, Living Tribunal deck with Wong, uh, Shuri, into Odin, into a Living Tribunal, seeing her scan him, like, four times is pretty fucking sick. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk more about that in a minute, too. We're going we're gonna to circle back to Tribunal. But, by the way, before I forget, everybody go check out Savage Yeti on Twitter, friend of the friend of the podcast. Uh, so, his Twitter is Savage Yeti YT. He was at Comic-Con. He had, like, a front-row seat uh, to mm-hmm. the, the second dinner's uh, Marvel Snap panel, and he has all these pictures. There's a bunch of new variants, but I guess the last thing we should talk about is they showcased a shit ton of emotes. A ton yeah, of and emotes. They're all memes, by the way. Are they? Yeah. You got uh, the leader one, which is the um, Eddie Murphy meme where he's doing the the, the think thing. Oh, yeah. You have uh, the collector being like, uh, I offer you a trade uh, kind of meme. Um, you oh, have, and then uh, Doctor Strange is the butterfly one? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is yeah. this a – yeah. So they're all memes. They're all fantastic, by the way. Now, I saw some people being like – do you, do you think any of these are going to be toxic or you think they're going to be used in a nice way? And I'm like, they're absolutely going to be toxic. Are you fucking kidding me? I because think, I th- yeah, go ahead. Most of them I think will be. Um, now I, I think, uh, a lot of them could be funny, right? So like, imagine you throw electro onto Oscorp tower and then you just hit him with the, uh, the collector. I, I give you a trade thing. That'd be yeah. fucking <laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. And there's other ones like the, um, like ones that I think can be used wholesomely. Like the Jeff one can be, um, I think the, um, the Ultron thinking one, uh, like the Zach Galifianakis meme. Yeah. Um, like that can be used wholesomely. Uh, but then of course the okay Galactus is going to be toxic as shit. 
No, right? I, okay, here's the thing. I saw someone just tweet. I forgot who it was, uh, but they were just saying, oh, finally we have an emote for emote spammers. Right? Just imagine someone just fucking emote spamming you snap and you just one hit them with a, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's a fair. That's just way. like, okay, you're an annoying little shit. Okay. But I, I think, I think adding so many, like you guys, like I, Brad, if you remember, put some of these screenshots up, but like there's like, oh yeah, I'll put them up. There's, it's fine. There's like 20, there's like 20 or 30 fucking emotes on here. Right. And I think making more is going to, kind of dilute the toxicity right because right now there's only like what like six and like you know exactly what they are miss uh miss marvel was never intended to be like as toxic as she fucking is yeah she's supposed to be like a good game kind of thing but like it's also is it side note isn't it so weird that miss marvel who i would argue is probably set to become the next face of uh the mcu I really, uh-huh. I'm going to stand by that. I think that, of course, Spider-Man is right, but she's going to be like the next um, sort of Iron Man type of figure. Not in, not a one-on-one ratio of like intelligence, that kind of thing. But I think yeah. that face of like the the young crowd coming in. But anyway, you have this really cool character that's just not in the game yet, and that was the like the first emote they put in was Kamala. Like, what? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, but like, I, I'm thinking, um, like, uh, how are they going to implement this? Right. Like, cause some of the, some of the screenshots we have, uh, yeah. Some of the screenshots we have, like I'm looking at the one right now, there's four black Panthers, four Captain Marvels, four green goblins. So it almost seems like you're going to buy a pack. Those, those I don't think are, um, like the classic emotes when you hit your thing at the top. Cause look how they look. I think those, the oh, way they're drawn, the those are the cards, the card emotes. Yeah. Okay. Which so, I like that a lot. Something that, uh, Legend of Rune Terra does and DC Dual Force does. So with DC Dual Force, it's kind of annoying because you forget. And, uh, I, I'm not a fan that Marvel Snap kind of implemented this, but DC Dual Force, whenever you make a new deck, you have to add what emotes you want. Like they have like 20 in mm-hmm. there already and you have to add them to the deck, which I always forget. Mm-hmm. Somebody emotes at me. I don't know if it's like a follower or something like that. And then I'm like, Oh shit, I can't respond. And now they might think I'm just being a dick, but like, yeah, which is so stupid because it happens in snap games too, where someone does a Spider-Man thing at me and I'm just like, and like, I, I don't respond sometimes and I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm an asshole now. Aren't I? Yeah. Gonna go well, I people, like, so there's probably a lot of people who think I'm an asshole. Uh, <laughs> but I'm wondering if Marvel snap will do that, but I'm kind of annoyed. Like with the new system, Marvel snap has, they need to do a default setting. Whenever you make a new deck, you got to set your fucking avatar, your title, your deck. Yeah. Like I always use the same ones. I use the miles Morales, everything. Um, and then the, Hey, calm down <laughs> title. Uh, so I'm hoping they can do a default, but I would assume, I would assume with all these emos that they're introducing that they're going to make it so you can customize it somehow, because if not, that'll take up way too much real estate on the screen, right? Like they have a little box right now for the six, which is kind of already big. It covers up a little bit of the board. Like you'd have to like create a scrolling thing. So hopefully they just yeah, make I think, it. I think a little scrolling thing, like like it's a box that has like six and it's a scroll left or right where it goes left, like that kind of thing. I think that yeah. could be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just excited for more customization and that kind of stuff. I, I just it's definitely going to be monetized to some extent. I, I would I would imagine. Um, what? I, I, Second to monetizing? No. I hope that. Um, I don't know. 
I think if they monetize the card emotes, that's cool. I, I hope that they don't monetize all of the other emotes, the ones that are like the, the more high def looking ones that you do like, like to respond to people. I hope those aren't as like, uh, maybe I, I could see half of them, but they should have a blank, a few of them that just get thrown in for everybody. Yeah. Just let us get them in reserves. I'd much rather get those. And like right now I'm still That's getting true. avatars with the, with the system change with spotlight catches. Like every other one's like an avatar or a title, which I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like I keep thinking, I'm like, man, I've been playing so long. I got like a 10 or 12,000 collection level. I'm like, I must have them all. Then when one pops up, I'm like, Jesus Christ. So like, maybe if you can open them up on the collection track or something like that, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But you know, new things are always nice, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing that we do need them to hurry up and fucking do is, uh, be able to customize your, your card effects, the borders, backgrounds, stuff like that. Because something I realized recently, cause I was, I, I used to take my inks and make them a gold border, but then I'm like, you know what? I just like it. The, the base. Right. But then I fucking realized I'm like, wait, these cards look sick when they're frame breaking in 3d. Like I, like you, you just upgrade past those usually. Right. So now Mm. I'm just upgrading them again. So it'd be great if I can get like the frame break, the 3d still keep the white border on my inks. You know what I mean? So hopefully, hopefully someday, someday they'll do that. But with all new things, we got more new things, right? So that's Comic-Con. That's all that stuff. Unfortunately, speaking of new new toys, I I was temporarily collection complete. I still don't have Echo. I I have uh, trying to get that third spotlight cash. It's down to her and a random (laughs) Series 4, Series 5 card. So I'm like, get that 50-50, right? Um, But I did get Howard last week. And uh, I've been playing. Change your life. Change your life for the better. So Howard, here's the thing. Howard's stock has dramatically gone up for two reasons. One, the recent OTA changes, which we'll get to in just a moment, uh, made a lot of cards more accessible or better, like Living Tribunal. And then, of course, Magic being able to make a lot of these combo decks exist that wouldn't really exist before where you can play, you can consistently play two six drops. Um, whereas Howard is very good in those kind of decks because you might want to play things like iron lad and Jubilee to kind of thin your deck to make sure you get to your combos faster and iron uh, and Howard can help you do that. So that's great. I think Howard's stock is going up in an amazing fashion because of that. And his best home right now is, of course, the Living Tribunal combo deck, which I've been play- I've been having a lot of fun with. Um, I'm always happy when I see Howard come up. Uh, I'm very happy to draw him, uh, getting him early, just to know that information, being able to snap efficiently when I have information that my opponent doesn't or whatever, um, because of Howard is nice. Stop! Uh, but yeah. Stop! I'm going to stop you right there. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this for a little bit. Do you sure. understand? Like, do you now understand the fucking rants I've been going on? Do you, oh, I, like, does it, I, I does did it make- before too. It's just uh, Howard. The reason I never bought him before is because like Howard was, I could acknowledge that information is powerful and I could acknowledge the things that because he of your can, video, your right? video tech cards at 6,000 is fucked. 
right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like I, it's just the, especially with the token change now, where you only get fifty or hundred in a cash, which that needs to be increased. They did change it for everyone. They did change the series four or five random card and spotlights to be instead of a variant, it's a thousand uh, tokens. Changing which is, next patch. Don't don't spread misinformation. Uh, on this podcast, I apologize. <laughs> they are changing that, but they need to make it so that tokens are more accessible in general to go from 4,000 a month to 400 is insane. It should be at least a thousand a month. My, my, Oh fuck. I don't want to go off too, too far into this topic, but like my, I'm going to restrict like, you to 10 seconds to give okay, you a with, with, point of why you hate with, it. So with, with every single week, the new card being in spotlight caches and then getting other two other cards, like, especially since we've seen so far ahead, like I'm like, I, I just don't think tokens are as necessary. I get it. I get it because if they're not, but then, in why, but then why have the token shop? I know that that's one thing I was wondering about, you know what I mean? But like, anyways, I get it. I'm all for more tokens, you know, but I think people will get access to their cards, whatever back to, back to Howard. But do you understand what I mean? Like yeah, when I'm going back to people who are just like the number one fucking thing I get Coco Four, I love that dude. I will fucking die for that man. He's a great guy. I love Coco Four, but he, he, he sent over the ignorant Howard comment that I hate, which is wouldn't you have played that card anyway? And I just want to fucking, I, I want to turn into the Hulk and just rage out. It's like, yes, but like just, and maybe it's cause I come from a poker playing background. Like I, I know how to bet on odds. I know percentages roughly and shit like that. You're dealing with a 12 card deck. And when Howard first came out, I kept hearing everybody say, well, if you're a good player, you know the odds anyways. It's like a hundred percent will always be better than a probability. 100% will always be better than a probability, right? Yeah. I, I posted, I tweeted something the other day and I said, this is a prime example. I snapped on turn five rather than a boomer snap because I knew exactly what was coming and what Iron Lad was going to hit. And I, I got like two Iron Mans out of the deal. You know what I mean? So if not, I wouldn't be able to snap as confidently. And in conquest mode, that's fucking huge. I'm not going to like, I would rather snap on a hundred percent than a probability in conquest mode when I'm fucking going through the gauntlet of winning three or five games. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, like, I still don't think Howard's worth 6,000 tokens, but put some fucking respect on his name. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a great card. Um, and I, I think it's also valuable that to, to have that 100% uh, you know, knowledge of what's coming next rather than a probability that translates to just normal ladder in general. Because even if it's a boomer snap in the sense of your opponent's perspective, right? Um, from your perspective, you're like, oh, I know what I'm getting um, and I can win. But, and yes, boomer snaps can lead to retreats, but you're either going to have them stay in for a four or eight cube game or they're going to retreat and you're going to get at least two more often than not if you snapped early. by. I feel like if you have Howard and a decent hand otherwise, uh, other than Howard to start, I think you should snap early in those instances for those combo decks, especially with like Living Tribunal. And then if you have that additional snap later, you should be getting two cubes out of it at, at, at worst case if they retreat. So yeah. it's valuable in either format, being Conquest or uh, Ladder. Here's, here's something I was just talking about on Twitter. I'm curious your thoughts. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you go into Conquest mode and you see in the first round or whatever that the person's playing a combo deck, like a really like... Like this deck relies on the combo. Uh, something I was saying is once you get that information, you need to snap more aggressively with a good hand. 
because you need to make them pay if they want to try to pull off their combo. I said this right after I played against um, somebody who had like a long, the first round, right? They snapped me and I'm like, I don't know what you have. I'll stay in for two. They did Wong into Mystique into uh, fucking like magic or something like that. Like that was, a, or it's just something weird. And I'm like, okay, it's about to rain down like fucking Gambit or something, you know? But I could tell that they were all in on this specific combo. And I'm like, fuck you. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay cubes if you want to see if you can pull that off again, you know? Because yeah. I've played so many combo decks that I know how hard it is to get that in your opening hand and like I'm making you commit right now. If you want to make sure that that can happen, I ended up beating that guy. He only won those first two cubes. And then I smoked him the rest of the time because he kept staying in hoping, you know, um, I've also seen the same. A lot of people are playing. Um, uh, I think because Phoenix force is the weekend mission again. And I guess they're doing that all month because the season pass card, but people are doing null and uh, Zola. Right, yeah. because you're destroying stuff, they're destroying stuff, and, and then they want to copy their null. Value, do that, yeah. And I've noticed how hard it is for people to pull that off, so I'm snapping them early. But, anyways, what are your what are your thoughts? Do you think that's a decent strategy? No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's it's, a, it's the old adage of make them have it, um, and information is very important, especially in conquest. To echo that to an extent, to add on to it, um, two cards that are played in combo decks exclusively now are i would say you know 90 plus percent right both of these cards exist invisible woman and magic okay one card perhaps two cards but one card you should absolutely have in your deck now if you're not running a combo yourself and it fits with your game plan enough um and you can make it work storm storm's value has gone up so much and not just for limbo by the way not just for limbo for invisible woman because if they drop invisible woman on two and you know their setup is like a five and a six or a six and a six behind her storm on that immediately and be like you're not hiding shit now you cannot make this work you got to find your combo another way because as someone who's been playing a shitload of tribunal both the hella version and the all-in version the wong version like i played all these different versions if they storm effectively on my invisible one, which forces me to be like, I have to hold on to invisible one until turn four now. So I can go, I can, I want them to try and storm on curve and go somewhere else where I can put my invisible woman in a different lane and then go Modoc Hella and go, yeah. go that route. It changes the aspect of how I play the deck and it can make it worse for me. You need to attack their, their, their methods of, you know, like elongating their game or making their combos more effective and take that away from them. Cause even if yeah. it's the, from a power up point standpoint, even if it's a lesser play on your end in the long game, you will come out ahead more often than not by just disrupting what they're doing. Yeah. And you, you know what? I think, I think you should make a video on that. If not, I'm going to, but like, I think there's okay. a lot of really good, interesting strategy happening right now with how much play, uh, cards like Invisible Woman, Magic are getting. Like, there's so much strategy. It's one reason why I haven't been touching, aside from DC Dual Force pissing me off. Like, the game is so interesting now. Like, with the changes to Magic, making her a 3 2, because I've always seen the power of Magic from the Magantris days, it's shifted because now people expect it. Oh, and I got a question for you too. But, um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, something else I was tweeting about was if you're going up against a lot of tribunal, um, 
I've only run into that storm thing once, and I don't think it was intentional. I think yeah. they just happened to play it on the same lane. I was like, oh, fuck. But mm-hmm. two great counters to Tribunal decks right now are Goose and Spider-Ham. Like, fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I go up, like, I've gone up against a couple Surfer decks. Some of them are running um, uh, Spider-Ham, but it hits your... It hits your tribunal, it hits your onslaught, and it completely, completely fucks that combo. And then if they goose on your invisible woman lane, like you're just like, okay, I can't, yeah. I can't do my thing, you know. Um, but let it, me, that's, let me it, ask that's you the this. interesting thing about this magic change. It's no. bringing up. It, it really does feel like a, a, a high tide raises all ships situation because this simple change flipping the meta on its head and how people are constructing their decks are raising the stock of cards that normally would not be as big. Honestly, Rhino, I've seen a lot more. Like, oh yeah, like, I ran into a rhino. I ran into a rhino in the most random deck the other day. I'm like, oh fuck, you know? Yeah, um, and like that's so awesome. And Goose only really saw playing like Surfer and stuff. And I think you should play Surfer. Um, I'm sorry, Goose a bit more in other decks if you can make it work, especially if you're running a Zabu deck to get underneath into your own uh, yeah. uh, Goose, right? So like all these cards that have been lesser maybe won't need to be so high up on secondary's buff radar because they're just naturally working against this new meta and that's good that's an yeah. amazing thing for the game yeah this yeah this is this has been huge like um like i i wanted to ask you this like what do sure. you I, I don't know we could do a whole episode talking about this alone what do you think like the magic strategies are now because here's something i've been running into right one do I want to play my magic or something else when I know that they have magic too? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, because why should I waste my three resources if they can do it for me and I could just play something else out, you know? But also with so many people running magic decks, I've also held back my magic sometimes. Like if I have my combo, I don't just want to play magic out and give them an extra turn to pull yeah. some shit off. So like, that again, like there's just so much strategy going on. So like, what's kind of your strategies in these scenarios with, with magic? What are you paying attention to and how are you playing her? Like with intention rather than just like, Oh, I have the card. Just going to do it. Yeah. So magic I've been utilizing, you know, quite a bit, obviously in like the tribunal decks, of course, where she's very good in that, but context is important of knowing what the matchup is. If you're going, against another similar type of strategy, like another combo deck where you don't want them to find their pieces. Like you said, um, also, I'm also playing electro in mind. So like sometimes I just forego my original strategy of like doing one thing with like magic. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go electro here instead. And then I'm going to leave magic alone. Cause I I'm confident enough in just going into these three other cards that I feel like I can win. Otherwise magic. I've also used and to an extent of just being uh, lane disruption in the sense of, okay, this, this location's not very good for yeah. me right now. And I need to get rid of this. Like, uh, for example, the Great Web is one. And I, I actually, I'm of one of the few people that really like that location. I think it's a really interesting one. I know people don't like RNG that much and stuff like that, but it's one you can effectively play around to an extent. Yeah. But if I have a way to get rid of it, in a combo deck where I, I, it's a lot of like one card at a time, then magic hitting that is nice to just be able to go, okay, I can focus on my thing now and not worry about that, you know, fucking me up. Yeah, great, great web. I think, uh, cause I, I think you're more vocal about this than me, but I agree with you on it. Like Mindscape, 
right? Like these are two locations, uh, like Mindscape's a location that people hate, but I enjoy the strategy of it. Great yeah. web too. Like Glenn just announced that they're like decreasing its, uh, appearance rate. And like that location annoys the fuck out of me, but I, I do appreciate it and I respect it. I think that's a good location. Um, I don't think it's too much different, especially just because of the decks that I run, than Asteroid M. Asteroid M, to me, is one of the most annoying locations on Earth mm -hmm. because I play so many three and four cost cards. Um, because they're arguably the most you, powerful in the game. Yeah. It, it, but like these locations, they give you something to think about. And like when Glenn's always talking, like I, I, I don't like when he says like that about like, games when you get fucking sanctum and morag and just you know death domain and shit where you can't play he's like oh it really makes you think i'm like fuck you glenn but <laughs> but like for these other things like i do get it about mindscape about morag about asteroid m i i appreciate the strategy that they implement so i'm kind of bummed that they decrease uh great red popping up so much um but yeah magic for uh changing up a, a, a shitty location but let's talk about let's talk about tribunal Let's talk about him sure. for a little bit. So I was I was huge on Tribunal before. I made a bunch of videos. I loved it. Stole so many eight cubers. But now with him being in the spotlight last week, a lot of people got him like accidentally. So we're seeing the play rate. First off, let's talk about his his buff. Uh, my son and I were talking about this. It seems it seems like a psychological thing, right? Like when they buff Sentry. A lot more people started playing Century, Century, but it arguably made him worse. He went from a 4-8 to a 4-10. Now you can Shang-Chi him, right? Same thing with Tribunal. Um, and when you, if you look at Tribunal and what his effect is, it does. it's not really doing that much, but people are playing him so much more because it gave him three power, so it's giving you one extra power on each lane. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just go back. Like, let's pretend that magic changed and tribunal did it right. Like everything would still be the same right now. You know, are you, are you winning that much? Like, what do you think about them bumping him to a six nine? I feel like it's a psychological thing because Marvel snap players. And it's why I'm such a huge fan of tech cards. Marvel snap players are like big number. Good. Me like big number. Me put big numbers down as much as possible. Oh, you made that number bigger. I play that card now, you know, like yeah. I fucking hate it. So, so yes, it absolutely is a psychological thing for people to play it because it's the new shiny thing. Um, and it doesn't make that huge of a difference. Now, that number does get a lot bigger than just one when you have Iron Man involved, right? Um, yeah. Of course, that that him doubling and then doubling again with like Anson, something like that, that's a larger difference between previous numbers would have been. But it gives uh, you plus six, six, right? Because yeah. Iron Man's doubling that extra three power that he now has. So mm -hmm. it gives you plus six spread across. Now you're getting two extra power on each location, even with Iron Man. Well, I guess with Onslaught, that gives you plus 12, right? That's spread yeah. across. So you're getting four power. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. A little bit, a little so, bit. I so it, it is a, it is a meaningful buff in that sense, but I, I, I find the, it is interesting that, um, let me backtrack a little bit. So the reason I think these kind of buffs matter is because it's one of those things where it is psychological, but it's a matter of discovery for people. Because now that they're able to play with this card and get an idea of how good it is in these kind of combo decks, I'm very certain that the Living Tribunal deck 
as it stands right now, right? Even before the magic change, if you would have played it before when he was a 6-6 six, six with the Invisible Woman thing and all this stuff, would have been almost as good as it is now. It's just now that it has eyes on it, it's given people the opportunity to play with the card and test it to really determine its place in the meta. It's a good thing that they did this because now it's showing you what you had before but making it more prevalent. To give you another yeah. example, when it comes to Sentry, I think we should maybe look back at that card again for the same reason because the context around Living Tribunal and how you're playing with it can open up some doors to make Sentry better because now imagine Sentry on a like Invisible Woman getting hidden like or a Tuma getting hidden on Invisible Woman, right? It makes these types of cards a bit more interesting when you're looking at what they can do in the late game and then you can like set up other stuff later or you can maybe you can find your combo to like put Cosmo on it or that kind of thing, right? Or just forego that right lane because I don't like when people say with Sentry like, oh, it's technically just, you know, a... Um, a four uh, two because of the the actually no it's a four zero yeah, four zero yeah yeah and I'm up. like but that doesn't really matter in Marvel Snap because if you're forgoing that lane anyway and you don't have a way to viper it over or whatever then you're focusing on two lanes for the most part to begin with that's the goal yeah. not very many decks can effectively spread their power across three lanes and get the uh, the cast roll that Binks and Ben Brode have wonderfully coined a few months a couple months ago. Um so yeah, I think yes, to to answer your question, it is a psychological thing for Living Tribunal, but it's a good thing because it's giving people eyes on stuff and when they do buff these cards in a uh, a very small marginal way, then it can make the biggest difference just in play rate alone. And it allows yeah. you to be like, wow, this deck was here all along. I wonder what other cards there are. That's, that's just my problem with human nature overall. Right? Like you gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta wrap the medicine in the cheese. Like they're a fucking dog. Right? Like you gotta like hide things and be like, see, this was good. Right? Like, like fucking uh, the same thing happened with Enchantress. You know, like, oh, she's a four, six now. And she's the same ongoing. She should be being played more now by yeah. the way. Yeah, right, um, right now, the meta's very interesting, and I think there's so much more that can be going on, and uh, it'll, it'll, take, it'll take something to really kick it off. Like, um, I've been thinking about it a lot, especially since they gave me access to Echo early, because um, right before Echo release, it was, I was like, when I recorded that video, uh, a little behind the scenes for you, I had to record it twice, um, but ongoing decks weren't being played that much. Then, right before Echo came out, uh, W, formerly Woalos or whatever, he came out with this ongoing Thanos list that won a tournament. And that deck has been popping like up Gene everywhere. Yeah. Right? So that deck's been popping up everywhere. We also see the Tribunal deck popping up everywhere, which relies a lot on Onslaught, ongoing, Iron Man, ongoing, right? And Tribunal I'm sitting here like, ongoing. yeah, Tribunal. I'm like, oh shit. Echo's value went up just like at the perfect time, but I still don't see people talking about her. Um, what I talk about in my 000. video, huh? 6, yeah, she's a good tech card or spotlight cash. If you get her while she's hot, right? But like, still she's right now, right now, like, uh, or, or anyway, what I mean was what I was talking about in video is 
Her main attribute is that she controls where the other person can and can't play, right? So let's say I have Echo and Enchantress in a deck. If I Echo Elaine, now I have a 50-50 shot where if I don't have priority and I play Enchantress down, I'm going to tag the like your Devil Dino that you're about to put down or your uh, Dark Hawk. You know what I mean? I got, I got another great point for you. Imagine this curve. Okay, you ready for this? If yeah. you want to, if you want to go into conquest right now, and you feel like you're seeing a lot of tribunal, a lot of like uh, ongoing uh, Thanos and stuff like that, and decks of that similar variety, think of this curve: turn one, Echo Lane; turn two, Goose another lane; turn three, Storm the last lane. Yeah, just evil. Fuck you. <laughs> You can't you can't right. do anything. You can't play your get uh, your game, um, and like that that's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, th- this this OTA has been awesome. Yeah. This is the or, greatest OTA ever, ooh. I think. How about this? How about this? If you don't storm, you can still storm. But Echo Goose, Jean Grey on your Echo Lane. Yeah, right. You, like Jean Grey and Echo are going to be a good like synergy too, right? Because if they're playing anything ongoing. They have to play it there. Like, uh, I've also just been thinking about this a lot just as we're talking. I think Jean Grey, I really didn't like her at first. Like, but right now with things going on, I'm just like, God, this is good. And there's just so much right now. I I keep thinking about all these different decks and everything like that. And I just don't think people are utilizing them enough. Um, but let's, let's get back to tribunal because you've been cooking. You've been cooking a little bit. And I will say, you opened my eyes a little bit because you posted your fucking tribunal Hella list. And I was like, I can't fucking pull this off. And as soon as you said, Hella's the backup plan, everything clicked for me. I'm like, oh, I can just play Onslaught, Iron Man, and Tribunal like I do the other decks, right? But here's the thing. I've been winning a shit ton with that deck. But here's the thing, Brad. Here's the thing, my sweet, sweet little boy. You have to rely on Hella to land your onslaught and Iron Man in the same lane, I don't like that. You're, I don't like that. You're you're about to be enlightened because you need to play more with the deck. I promise you. Yes, that does happen from time to time. I agree with you absolutely. Where you need them to play in the same lane, but once you have that opportunity and you're looking at your hand, looking at the game you're in, and the context of everything that's going around, you're like, okay, I'm absolutely 100. I'm going for this. I got I got the lineup. I got Invisible Woman. I got Modok. I got Hella. I know I need to go for this. Well, now, because you're most likely playing both Iron, uh, Iron Lad and um, uh, Jubilee in that list, at least for my list. Now your other plan is maybe I do need to go into Magic because now I can go ahead, Invisible Woman left, right? I'm going to Magic mid. I'm going to Jubilee mid. And then I'm going to like play one more thing mid, lock down that lane, and then I can still go Modoc Hell on the last two turns on six and seven, and then I'm forcing my Iron Man Onslaught into the other lane. Or you can also go the other way of going Iron Man into Onslaught other lane, and then Modoc Hell the left lane. You've already guaranteed that. There are yeah. ways, for example, one of my favorite things I did, I did uh, Invisible and left, Magic mid. Then on the, uh, and then I did um, on five and on six, I did Modoc then Hella. On seven, that middle lane, I, I had Howard out. I looked at the top uh, card, and you know what I saw? I saw Jubilee. I had Iron Lad in hand. So I Iron Lad mid, yeah. Jubilee hit an infinite in mid, locked that lane down full, guaranteeing my Onslaught Iron Man to go into the right lane. Got me like 66 power each lane, like right there. Yeah. So there are ways to combat that. And that's where you have to, like, it. you have to, it's 
one of the best chess thinking decks I've played because I really have to, like, remember how we talked about, um, uh, what was it? Darkhawk, uh, Dino months ago when that was a big mm-hmm. deck, right? When Arrow was still at her heyday where you had to be able to pivot. Is this a Darkhawk game? Is this a Dino game? I need to identify mm-hmm. what the best plan is to move forward and think ahead. This is a similar thing where it's like, okay, if I'm going with that hella game plan, the other thing you need to think about is can I effectively fill one of these lanes to guarantee my hits over there or can I effectively put my Iron Man Onslaught in the lanes I need to in addition to playing uh, Modoc Hella later? Do I have that window? And you got to identify that early. And even if you have all the stars aligning for, for Modoc Hella, you, if you cannot comfortably feel like I can make this happen like I need it to and I don't want to roll, uh, roll the dice then you can just say whatever, pivot anyway, and go back into your normal game plan of just uh, Iron Man onslaught into Living Tribunal, even if you have a guaranteed way to hit the Hela uh, Modoc play. Here's, here's the issue that I run into. Like, I like that because now it's kind of like the pieces are coming together because, like, sometimes when my Iron Lad is going to hit Jubilee, I'm like, fuck. I'm going to clog a lane, but that could be good in those scenarios. But the mm-hmm. other issue is, so like, let's say I do that. I fill up one lane. Well, still on the invisible woman lane, it's invisible woman, Modoc, Hella, unless I'm missing something. And then I have one slot open. So, yep. so then what if my Iron Man lands here and my onslaught goes over there? You know what I mean? Like that becomes a concern of mine. How are of you course. working with that? Uh, I, if I see the Modoc um, Hella line, I'm basically going Invisible Woman on my Howard lane. If I have Howard on one, yeah, okay. So, 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 so you Howard, do then yeah, Howard, Invisible Woman, Modoc Hella four, and then I try to fill everything else. Of course, yes, yeah, stars have to align. That's why you have to be ready to. It's one of those things, right? It's like fuck. I have this great combo, and it's it's like it is the bread and butter of the deck, and I'm gonna be able to hit it. But sometimes that's not the optimal line, and the optimal line is just saying, "Well, I'm guessing I'm just gonna go onslaught Iron Man, Living Tribunal in the other lane, and just hope the power of everyone else uh, can carry that, um, and then that can win you games." I've had plenty of games like that. It's just being ready to admit, even though it's I want to do it, even though I really want to hit this cool play, <laughs> it's not the optimal thing to do. Yeah. And that's hard for people because you you want to see, you know, cards go burr and like fucking do your thing. Like that's that it's just it's nature. But sometimes you just got to fucking like even let's let's go back to poker for you. Sometimes I know you've been in games like this. You have an insane fucking hand where you're like, I am absolutely winning. Sometimes you still fold. Yeah, because the long game of not giving proper tells for your opponents of your face and how you're like, whether it's online or in person, of course it makes a difference, but the long game of like being able to play with the political aspect, the social aspect of poker, even when you have a guaranteed hit on a hand or you feel like it's guaranteed, sometimes you still fold because the time isn't right. The pot's not big enough, right? You're still waiting to fall back on that later. And then that's when you get them. Yeah, I do. I do think, um, something not enough people do in conquest is think about the long game. Like something that I'll, I'll do in the first one or two rounds. I'm like, they have not seen me play this card yet. I'm not just gonna like, it's not like ranked mode, uh, ladder matches where you're just like, okay, I'll stay in for one cube and just play my cards. Like, I'm like, no, I'm going to retreat now 
because they don't know I have this card, right? I'm not just going to play it like, oh, I'm only in for one cube. So like, I'll just play yeah. out. I'm like, no, them not having this information is going to benefit me. You know, yeah. like there's some games where like um, with because I've been playing a shit ton of Tribunal, too, where I'll lay down Invisible Woman and then I realize that's not the play line, you know, so I don't put yeah. anything behind her. I just exactly. leave her over there by herself. And I'm like, I don't want you to know what I'm going to do with her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think more people in Conquest need to play that 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 kind of long game with it. But um, let me ask you this, because like I. I think you're just going to stick with your original plan, but because of these issues and situations with the Hella version, I'm almost like, should you replace Onslaught with like Giganto? You know, because if I get Iron Man out there and I have another big thing, because if for some reason I can't do that line and Onslaught, then he's just a seven, seven power card. Whereas that seven power could be a 14 power and with Tribunal, it's going to spread that more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's something I've been kind of playing around with. Or is it, do you leave Onslaught, get Giganto in there with something else uh, instead of something else? But I don't, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts around that? I mean, I, I think you could do that. I just find it hard to believe that it's in any way, shape or form correct to not have that Iron Man Onslaught package in a Living Tribunal deck. It's I think mm-hmm. I think that should be what you start with and then you build your support cards around it and then look at your plan B from there. Whereas so like in the other version I played is like my plan B instead of Hella is, you know, Wong and Shuri. And you know why I like I've actually come to really like Shuri in general, where I think even if you're not doing the Wong thing of like the super wombo combo of going Wong, Shuri, Odin, Tribunal, because that makes a hundred and forty four uh power tribunal, by the way. It's and then a thirty uh, a thirty. Explain that because I was I was gonna start asking you what you've been cooking and stuff. I saw you tweet about this. Explain yeah. it. Lay out this this Wong deck for people who didn't don't follow you on Twitter. Go follow Brad Brad Super. Um, but explain this deck because I saw you do that. I'm like that's fucking gangster. <laughs> it it, it was so cool. Off. So. Yes, the stars have to align because you need to go, you need one of two things. You need either a ramp card like a Zabu or a Psylocke to get Wong on three. Then you can go Shuri followed by Odin followed by Living Tribunal, right? Or you need to hit um, uh, Magic to then just go Wong, Shuri, Odin, Tribunal. It's a very specific line. It doesn't come up that often. But when it does, it's awesome because it's a guaranteed win. And Cos is not being played a lot because of things, um, at least for your opponent's sake, right? Uh, because of the ongoing stuff. You're trying to mostly stop the ongoing, not protect it. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Otherwise, you still have the Iron Man Onslaught package in there, right? But then here's the thing. Even when you don't have uh, Wong to do the crazy thing with Odin and stuff, I've won plenty of games just by simply going, Shuri? Like, let's say I go Electro and then go Shuri, um, like either like Electro into um, Iron Man or Electro into Shuri, and then go Tribunal on the Shuri, and then Iron Man. That Shuri has effectively acted as an additional copy of uh, Onslaught by doubling the power. I don't think the math is exactly one-to-one. I think it's maybe a little bit less. Um, I'd have have to break it down. I'm not going to do it now on fucking the the cast. Um, But it's similar. And you, Shuri can act like as a nice plan B to onslaught if you don't have that. I don't. I, I don't know if you post that full deck list, so I'm not sure what it looks like. But like, do you I, think like I a did. Howard Iron Lad would help you hit that combo a little bit more too? Because then you might have a second wall and a second Shuri. 
You yeah, know what I mean? Um, probably. Uh, it, it's hard to identify what the exact best list for that is because you know it, it very well could be incorrect to do the whole Wong, Shuri, Odin thing because the, it is a lot more uh, – there's a lot more cards going into that combo than is simple – You know, uh, well, actually, I'm pretty sure I cut Invisible One from that version of the list. So it's not that far not, – not that different now I think about it from um, Invisible Woman, Modok, Hela, though – you still need to ramp or magic. So right now, if I remember correctly, I'm not running uh, Howard in that list. Let me actually pull it up really quick because um, wonderfully Twitter keeps all your stuff. Let me pull it up real quick. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't have Howard in that one. Uh, and I don't have Jubilee either because it's... Um, Iron Lad is just better for space because if you Iron Lad into a Wong, for example, it just fits uh, the bill a lot more than, you know, Jubilee into Wong, right? So let me look. Um, so yeah, the the list right now is Psylocke, Zabu, Electro, Magic, Wave, Shuri, Wong, Iron Lad, Iron, Iron Man, Onslaught, Odin, Living Tribunal. What? Dude, you just listed... <laughs> Psylocke, Zabu, Electro, and Wave. You are like yeah. hardcore into that ramp. Well, There's because, gotta be something that could be fucking tweaked in that. Well, yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, because the reason I'm trying Wave in it is because it, it allows you to also have another avenue of going your plan B um, with Iron Man onslaught and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I really, cause like there's also been a couple of instances where I, uh, your opponent plays magic for you and I wave on three, they magic on three. And all of a sudden my game plan is like, okay, I'm going to onslaught Wong, Shuri, and then tribunal now. Um, right. So that's another thing. So, and then like Zabu, uh, being an iron lad on three or Shuri on three, uh, to go in like, cause like, even though like the Shuri on three into like iron lad to get a 12 power iron lad, that all of a sudden hits an iron man or an onslaught. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, or even like hitting an Odin onto that or like, or tribunal yourself. So I'm still liking that flexibility of it. It, if there is a cut to be made, it's probably wave and probably do Howard instead of wave, I think is where I'm leaning towards Zabu. I like because you're now running three, four drops that are all pretty decent at being, uh, early hits. What's that long Shuri, long Shuri and iron lad. Yeah. Because now you're not worried about hitting something like, you know, Modoc early and then like, you're just fucking up your entire hand. Um, and then of course with the information Howard would give instead of wave, would probably go a long way. So yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress. This is nowhere near the final build. It's one I've been messing with a lot. Um, I, I tend to, my rule of thumb when I looks, when I look at new builds is I do not, I'm not the kind of person, and this is with magic and stuff as well, any card game, I'm not the kind of person to make on the fly changes with my deck lists um, really soon, unless it is so glaringly obvious of like, oh, this just doesn't work. To give you a quick example, I was messing around with a limbo trap deck where I'm running Rhino, I'm running um, like Storm and stuff like that to turn off Limbo early on on uh, on six, and then doing like Red Skull and like you know um, Zero with uh, like Titania or Zero with um, you know Ebony Maw to try and generate as much early game power as I can to allow me to be able to turn off Limbo comfortably and have enough power to win. Um, yeah. I tried Snow Guard in that. I did. 
because I was like, oh, that's cool. You can turn off Limbo. But the thing with Snowguard is it turns off the things for the next turn. So you have to play her on five, at which point you are announcing to your opponent Limbo is off. We are now playing a six-turn game. The surprise aspect is not there. I found that out yeah. within the first game I played. And then I was like, okay, she's gone because it doesn't work. So yeah. unless it's that glaringly obvious, I do not make edits to my deck until I play genuinely 50 between 30 and 50 matches that's when i start yeah. making my cuts because then i can get an idea of the inner workings of the deck and go okay now we can see do i cut this and then on top of that when i do make that change let's say i change wave for howard i am now for my next 30 games every time i see howard i'm gonna ask myself I'm going to even make notes of this, which I know is going into a different try-hard territory. It's not casual at this point anymore. But I will make notes and say, okay, Drew Wave. Did I wish it was – or Drew Howard. Do I wish it was Wave? Drew Howard. Was I happy it was Howard? Did Howard make a difference here? Would Wave have made a better difference in this game based on the way it went? And then I mm-hmm. look at my notes afterwards and go, okay, this happened X amount of times. I can comfortably determine which card is better after 30 or 50 more games to my previous ones where it was just wave, you know? So it, there's a lot that goes into deck building. So if you see someone, a creator or like Lambie, something that's really good at making brews and decks that you've then taken and got to infinite with, just remember how much work goes into testing these goddamn decks to figure out what's going to be good or not, yeah. because it's a, it's a lot more than just play cards, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, that's something people do. Some people just fidget. They, like, tweak and stuff like that. And it's like you're never getting the data. And we, we try yeah, hard here. I, I encourage people, like, I've kept spreadsheets and all sorts of stuff and keep track of what's going on. But something just crossed my mind. Something just popped in. So we have Legion coming out, right? Do you think at all, from the, the, the design side of this, do you think that – they kind of knew what was going on with the magic changes and launched Legion because Legion could make it so your little uh, magic trap doesn't work, right? Because I can now do three limbos and you're not disabling my shit. You know what I mean? But you have to, you would have to have priority, right? No, because you could do it on five and their thing is doing it on six. So Legion would technically always work. True, correct. It also works in the other way because Legion is absolutely. I'm going to get Legion. He's going immediately oh, in that trap deck because on six oh, now I can you, play Brad. him in I'm a one Legion. drop. <laughs> I can play him in a one drop on a different lane, make them all X lane that's not limbo, and then six is gone, and oh he's eight power god. on top of that. Oh my god! I, uh, I I was literally just I right before we recorded, I replied to somebody. I'm like, Legion's the only card I'm passing on. Like I haven't passed on a card in like months. I'm getting Legion. You guys heard it here first. I'm getting with with magic being played in every fucking deck now. I'm getting mm-hmm. Legion so fucking fast. Um, uh, what is it? Tomorrow night at the time of recording yeah. this, I'm getting. And he's Legion. only three thousand, so that he's he's actually like. You know, oh, okay, he's yeah, dude. I have like thirty seven thousand tokens right now. Uh, yeah. I got that. I got that uh, Black Panther bundle just for the token since the token shit. I, I did too. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely getting Legion. All right. All right, everybody. Maybe. A, yeah. Okay. That'll be great. That'll be fucking great. Um, God, it can also counter storm, right? Because uh, also it can counter storm and supposedly because Ben, I believe on the thing with uh, Binks he did recently, I think Binks asked, asked him about it. And I know actually, hold on, let me check real quick. I want to check Drew Barry's uh, Twitter real quick because he actually made a post on Twitter being like, hey, Glenn, can we get clarification on this? Because I've seen some people going around on it um, because 
they showed in that trailer for Legion, they showed Legion working with Storm because they showed you storming that lane. They didn't show the full clip of it actually locking it down the next turn. Ben said he thinks it works that way. Um, but I, well, my thing is like, why would they, uh, why would they showcase that and then not say it? Did so you, Drew like Legion kind of acts week? like uh, that one location where if you get like two flooded locations, it goes one more round before it floods. No, the, the thinking is that it doesn't do that. The thinking is that if you storm on four, Legion on five, six, everything's locked down. That's what Ben said he thinks happens. And if and my thinking is that if they showed that in the trailer as being an interaction, it wouldn't make sense for it to go one more turn because then six doesn't matter at that point. You can't play Legion a turn early. And it looks like, did Drew delete that tweet? Uh-oh. Drew. Drew. Drew just made a whole Legion video. We may not need to go watch it because he just made a whole one and he goes really in depth because he gets all the information from the devs as he can. You know what I mean? When did the video come out? Because he asked us yesterday. Oh, fuck. Never mind. That video came out like three days ago, three, four days yeah, ago. Yeah, he asked this shit yesterday. All right. Um, yeah, I, I got it. We got to see if that works that way because I'm, again, my to reiterate, to have a bit more of a coherent thought, the reason I'm thinking that Storm on 4 followed by Legion on 5 onto the Storm lane should make every lane flooded on six is because a, they showcase that in the trailer of showing Legion and showing him off. They didn't show the full clip to let us see if everything became flooded on six, but it doesn't make sense to showcase that as a thing of like, this is what you could do if it didn't have that functionality. Right. And then B, it does kind of make sense because if you think of it as Legion copying the lane as it actively is, then it would make sense that because you're copying on five of like it's in, in the process of flooding and it's in that there, that original lane was in its final stages of being transitioned into a flooded lane. In my mind, it makes sense that because it's a direct copy, then those would also follow the same rule of now they're all becoming flooded on six. Yeah. Right. I, that uh, makes, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I also, I also just DM'd, uh, Drew on uh, Discord, so if he answers before we we stop recording, um, but yeah, now now I'm getting excited for now I'm getting excited for Legion because there are cards that are changing locations. Storm and uh, like Storm was always like semi popular. Magic is in almost every fucking deck now, you know. Yeah. So like, but I'm also wondering, there's got to be something there too with um, Tribunal because it is eight power. It's an eight power card. It's a five eight, right? So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it'll benefit. Um, I just don't know how much, right? Um, because like we were just saying, I can make three limbos to ensure they don't turn my shit off, but I, I that would take away from one of your higher cost cards that you need to play. Um, so that True. would kind of suck. But imagine like if you had Onslaught Citadel and then you Legion did. <laughs> you yeah, there, there's the high roll aspect of Legion, which I, I try to not get lost in that thinking of like, oh, what are the crazy things I can do with it? Because again, yeah. it's RNG yeah. dependent on if you see that location. And that that's going to come up and that's cool. It, it's kind of like the logic of saying, I'm going to run Luke Cage in every deck because what if I have the negative zone pop up? Well, now you're negative three and I'm not. Get fucked. Like that's cool and that does happen, but that's not going to be every game. So that 
that value aspect or evaluation of Luke Cage is not applicable to general deck building construction of like, why should you have this in your deck? Whereas you should have it for something proactive in your deck that synergizes to like, for example, Typhoid Mary. That's, or, or, um, Hazmat. That's why you should be running Luke Cage in your deck. Everything else is gravy. So in my mind with Legion, if he works that way with Storm, cool. That's one aspect of it. But the main thing I'm thinking of is that limbo trap of on six, a one drop in Legion on a different lane makes everything go away for limbo. The game now ends in the eight power in context with everything else. I've thought of that deck of like, um, like the early stuff of Ebony Maw, Zero, Red Skull, like Shuri's in that deck as well. Um, Titania. Titania as well. Like, like that is a very interesting way to go about it because the power Again, a 5-8 is the threshold that I look at of being that's where five drops should be because it gets under Shang-Chi and it maxes out your ability to get under Shang-Chi. And that's yeah. nothing to scoff at, to be honest. I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I think it's, there's a high roll aspect too because I'm also wondering like a Legion with a Luke Cage, right? Like for those negative locations, that's, you yeah, make every single cool. one. Take away power and you have Luke Cage, they don't. Dude, I'll let me let me just vent real quick. Far too many of you are playing Luke Cage right now. Way too many pay- people yeah, are taking I, up I don't know why. valuable real estate in your 12 card deck. Like I like you guys are playing like it's three weeks ago when High Evo was fucking everywhere. Or even when High Evo first launched. Um, but here's something interesting, real quick, real quick. I was just looking at Twitter and shit too. So listen to this uh, question Glenn just answered from Discord. Someone said, would you ever use the snap as a card mechanic? For example, plus four power if both players have snapped, minus three power if no player has snapped. You can't play this without snapping, or do you want the snap to remain somewhat independent influence on the game? And he says, we've talked about it. I think it's a win, not an if. So cards that influence the snap mechanic. Now, there was a data mine version of Mephisto, which was yeah. a six zero. If you play it, the cubes are doubled. And like either either the stat line for that is just completely wrong or the card info is. But what do you think what do you think about that? What this person asked was interesting, right? Like mm-hmm. if nobody's if nobody snapped, it can negatively affect, you know, just to kind of raise the stakes. So that's that's a very I, I okay one, first off I agree with Glenn it, it makes sense for the game that it is a win not an if there has to be a card that values that because it's such an integral part of Marvel Snap the other thing is though this is a very dangerous ground to tread and navigate t- like through because think about it this way we're going full circle the reason you don't like Batman is because it does things um, that are integral to the game, giving you free things, and then a card that benefits of all all those three things, right? You could, like the gadgets, I mean. And uh, was it Nightwing? Yeah, night, uh, no, Batwing. Batwing. So similarly, a card that benefits and encourages the holder to snap aggressively, if it's too powerful, that completely changes the aspect of how games are played and can make for a really negative aspect for the opponent. And they might say, if like, let's say turn one, like let's say he's a one drop, right? Turn one, you see that card and you see your opponent snap when they play it, you just dip out immediately 
Yeah, like I'm just you, wondering you don't if it'd be against it. I wonder if it'd be interesting, right? Like, how about how about this? What if there was a card where if nobody if nobody snaps, like something happens on that lane that negatively affects power, right? So think about going into turn five and you're like, fuck, I need to win that lane or something. So it, that I, that adds like an I see what you're saying, but that adds a really interesting component to the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, what do I want to do, right? <laughs> do I want to try to win this lane, whereas I'll also get more cubes, or do I just say fuck it? You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, just this person bringing up how it might affect someone's power is interesting. But if you did it like across all three lanes, then it literally wouldn't matter because. If everybody's powers reduce, everybody's powers reduce, right? But if you did it so it like only affected your opponent, right? Like if your opponent doesn't snap, they lose three power on their side. Like that would be kind of fucked, you know? Because then like it, it would have to be symmetrical. Here, last thing, and we'll wrap up. Just because we've gone over the cards, like the meta is shifting so much, I just feel like I want to ask you about this. With the meta where it is, what are your thoughts? We talked about Legion. What about Mirage? Do you think? It'll be big, huge. It'll just be. We've all, we've always thought it's going to be decent, but what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I like think as far as information, cracked. yeah, I think it's going to be cracked because uh, being able to grab a card out of their hand for information, but also say my like I can do what you can do, but better kind of thing, giving the plus two power to a card. Um, because let's imagine what you're hitting. Let's think of all the lowest cost cards people could be holding on to um, or have in their hand, okay? But where Look the meta the- is is what I'm thinking. Like, what, how good, I think pre-bounce nerf it would have been better. True, and it probably would have been played in bounce itself, um, by mm. the way. Oh, um, but being able to hit Spider-Ham, who is going to be played, he's still being played, Right. Grab their spider ham. Now you have a two four spider ham that hits that disrupts them now, right? That's cool. Being able to hit um, a nebula or a sunspot that's already been buffed now that they haven't uh, played immediately, or maybe they just drew into it kind of thing. They drew into it late. An Iceman. Like, it, these are still all cards that are played in the meta right now. Um, a Human Torch against them, mm. against like the the or like a, a multiple man uh, against the Phoenix Force deck. Um, or let's say you're in a mirror match, right? And you're playing against another combo deck like the Living Tribunal. You grab their magic. You grab their Invisible Woman. Um, you know, stuff like that. Or like their Electro. Um, you get a combo piece of theirs. And if it's late enough in the game, there's a very good chance that the lowest cost card they have is something like a Jubilee or an Iron Lad. Or maybe even another, like a five or six drop, depending on, because you've had hands like that with Living Tribunal. You just have a shitload of high cost stuff. You're like, I'm trying to get there. So, like, these Mirage can really be very powerful in, like, being able to steal an opponent's card of of any variety with plus two power. Wait, hold on. Is Mirage stealing or copying? It's copying. It's not not stealing, but it's copying. Um, You get the, it's like White Queen, but if White Queen gave plus two power to the card that you copied. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think she's going to be very good and can go in a lot of decks. I think she's blanket good. There's two cards coming out um, that I think are to be blanket good and can go in so many different decks. Mirage is the one for this season. Dakin is one for next season. Well, Dakin, you're, you're going to need some enablers too, though, right? So is it as good like in every deck? Because you got to destroy his little fucking sword. 
thing. Yeah, but how many decks love running the random Killmonger Nova package? Like Surfer, for example, which he, by the way, he's a three drop. So, Wait, Dakin is? Yeah, he's a three, four. Give me 10 more minutes of your time, Brad. What the fuck sure. is Second Dinner doing? What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. What the uh, fuck? I, hey, Brad, yeah. what, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I just don't get it. I, I tweeted about this. I'm like, Second Dinner has backed themselves in a corner where they keep releasing these three costs, which is only making a strong Silver Surfer deck stronger. But they've also kind of fucked themselves because Zabu, they got to think about Zabu with every four cost. You know what I mean? Like, because... I, when you were when you were just talking right now, I thought you were going to say like Mobius, a three cost, right? Mm. Like, uh, you know, like I, I just don't get it. Like we have so many three costs coming out. Surfer's already strong. What are your thoughts? Can they fix this? Is just Silver Surfer going to get stronger with every fucking new card release? What are we doing here? It's it's hard to say because like, uh, who was it? Was it um, Dougie? Uh, what was Maybe. his name? Uh, they... They put up a thing of, um, oh my god, it's from Black Widow, uh, the Red Guardian. Yeah, yeah, three six on reveal. Your next card has to be played here. Yeah, um, so that's another card that's just like, okay, that's gonna be good in server, like, especially when you like it's like an, it's an extra gene gray type of effect, right? Um, it's hard to say because does it get to the point where surfer is just, you know, uh, an overabundance of riches kind of situation where that's, it's like, how do you think of? Think of. Yeah. Like yeah. what the best way of going about it is. Um, whereas like, uh, I think Zabu is more of an issue of like combo potential. Like, uh, for example, like, um, Oh man, like Glenn was asked yesterday if someone was like, are they happy with the absorbed man right now? And he said, not really. And he said he think he wants, and he thought it'd be really cool to have absorbed man be a three, three, but he's like, but then surfer. So we can't really do yeah. that. Right. Um, cause that'd be insane. Like your turn six being like, and it's just surfer absorbed man. Um, which you could already kind of do, but like, you know, whatever, especially actually with magic. Now you might be able to do that a bit more effectively. Um, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, I it's it's a it's a very interesting uh, way to move forward because Surfer might get out of hand at some point again uh, because of just how many cards it has. But then it also just might be one of those decks where there's like four different versions and they're all just like fine. Yeah, yeah, it, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like you're gonna give people too many options. But the last thing I'll say, like, make Absorbing Man like a four or five, right? Like. Get it like do give it the give it the fucking enchantress treat, treatment like when that card came out I'm like oh fucking sick you know it's like a a mystique for on reveals and it's just you know it's a it's a four three it's a powerful ability but like they what we were talking about earlier you got to do the psychological thing to get it to more gameplay you know um, maybe even starting with a four four then the next OTA like a month later doing four five question is a two zero too crazy. Two? Nah, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> because then I'm thinking it. about like what what it opens up with like like Iceman on one, then like Zorman on just two. Be like, oh, double Iceman! Wow, like something stupid like that, yeah, like very simple. It also gives you um uh like you could toss it into like a Bast deck and then maybe bounce it too. So now mm-hmm. you got a two three, right? Um, what's that other one? Uh, not Mobius, but the other girl. I can't remember her name. Uh, but Blade bust- something something Blade. Uh, she busts all your cards that have like 
one or less power no, no, or she, makes she them cheaper. Fun. She makes them cheaper. Yeah, makes them one less. Yeah. So like that would be good synergy with that. So like I take it. It's so hard, man. Like it's such a scary, like that. Isn't that crazy? That's even a, a conversation where it's like, like you would think like three would be the next thing to go, but because surfer exists, you're like, well, maybe you just do two, but then the surfer just play him anyway. Cause if you do Sarah surfer, Sarah on five, now you can still do, you know, a couple of like three, three cost things, um, and, and like a surfer than a Zori man, right? Yeah, he'd be down um, to a, a one as well. How cool would it be? We were talking about creators. We'll wrap up with this. What if they started doing like a Fortnite or Call of Duty or something some other games have done where they start bringing in creators to help design cards? Or I thought you were going to say variant. creator variants. Yeah, variants. I, I, so I think variance is probably the variance is absolutely a when, not an if. I would be shocked if they never did that. I'm not a fan of it. Let me, let me actually say that. I'm not a very big fan of that because it kind of breaks my immersion of the game. Yeah. Um, for example, like Magic does this. When you have world champion, you have the world championship for Magic, the winner of the world championship helps design a card and then they are featured in the art of the card. Um, and a lot of those cards break my immersion a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of those cards. Uh, they're all good. Let me start with that. But it's like, I always wait for the reprint of those cards with like actual, <laughs> like commissioned art, not to yeah. say that the original isn't commissioned, but without the likeness of the person, because they're always weird to me. But uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely going to happen with the variance when it comes. And also, you know what? Yes. For both matter of when the, the segmenters got to eventually let creators in to some extent, um, to like have input on cards as far as actually saying you're going to be on the design team, maybe an opportunity opens up where someone who is a creator transitions into becoming employed by second dinner. I don't think they're ever going to actually say you are straight up designing a card. I think what they'll do with the most is like, Hey, X creator, this is a card we're, we're in the process of designing. This is an NDA you have to sign, um, for this card specifically. Can you give us feedback on it? Yeah, that would be and here's such a here's cool. a super early testing thing to mess with it and yeah. tell us what you think. That like that would just be a super cool piece of content though. Like think about like just like we were talking earlier about like if they brought a creator in and did like a vlog, but it mm -hmm. would show a behind the scenes aspect of designing a card from start to finish with a creator there, but it showed the conversation. So it's not like, hey creator, yeah. you make a card, you design it, right? But it's them talking with like a Glenn and other people on the team and explaining their thought process and the creator going, oh, I better understand this, putting it out there for the public. There's that transparency aspect, you know, but it's just like, they got input on it, but it wasn't like, oh, here creator, just make a card and we'll, we'll fucking toss it in there. You know, like I yeah, think that yeah, would just yeah. be cool content just seeing behind the scenes, you know? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, it'd be one of those videos that's like they recorded, like, let's say they record that video today. It wouldn't release to like probably like next February or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here, let's start blowing up the creator chat with these ideas and yell at them until it, until they make it happen. But but yeah, this has been fun. This was this was a good conversation. I think this is one of one of the best. We started with fucking uh, vegetarian burgers and we ended up here. I liked it. Yeah. And of course. We hope that you liked it too, you as the listeners and the viewers. We love you. We appreciate you. And of course, 
hey, Bootman, where can they find you if you're going to go and just show them more stuff besides the YouTube channel? Where else can they go? Uh, yeah, if you're on YouTube watching this, you're already in the right place. Uh, follow me on Twitter at BootmanMSTZ. I'm also over on Threads. I'm trying to build that following. I fucking hate Twitter, man. I fucking hate it. Um, no, well, now so, that they're changing it to X, do you see yeah, that? The, oh, God. I just saw something pop up as we were recording. So as soon as we finish, I'm going to go. The, the, new, the new X logo is going to go live today. The already X.com or whatever it is goes to Twitter.com for right now. It's really fucking stupid. Um, my, real quick, my biggest complaint about that is let me ask you this, Chris. And for everyone else, you can answer this uh, like you're watching Dora the Explorer, okay? Um, <laughs> how many other of the social media, uh, like big, like big websites, like Instagram, Facebook, you know, all this shit, like Tumblr, how many of them can say that they have a fucking verb for the action of posting something or sharing something? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what and do I say on Threads? Yeah, I you're. Yeah, you, there there is no word for these other websites. None of them have it. Facebook doesn't have it, but Twitter does. You tweet things. You retweet things. Imagine Google saying we're changing the name and it's no longer called Googling something. It's called fucking like whatever the new name is. You wide it, right? You wide. You're gonna wide wide your yeah, search. Yeah, like why would you do that? You're throwing away one of the greatest branding opportunities. Like that's like fucking like like Kleenex. Like, how many people do you know that say, "Oh, don't don't, don't grab me a tissue." They say, "Grab me a Kleenex." Yeah, yeah, like, right. And that's that's fuck? huge, right? Even if you're using a different brand, like I I could go on about this all day, but I think Elon Musk is the epitome of like my argument against the meritocracy. The smartest people are not at the top. The smartest people are not the yeah. richest. This guy makes dumb after dumb after dumb decision, and he's fucking like, "Oh my god, he's a god because he has money." Like. Like fucking eat shit. But uh, anyways, follow me on threads. I'm trying to build my uh, community over there. Like if I could leave Twitter, I will. But like this is this is the ongoing problem for creators. Once you build a following, transitioning is extremely hard. Moving people from one platform to another is very difficult. I've been in this game for years now. One of the hardest things. So if you guys want, follow me over on threads. Um, threads does need to fix some shit. But, but yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, as far as content, sometimes we talk about new content. I'm really thinking about doing like a beginner series of content. I think a lot of new players are coming in, and I wonder if there's like a space for that, just doing like real low-level beginner shit. So I might start doing that. I just hope it doesn't alienate people. So I might have to like mix in like new decks and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's you really anything? Cool. Are you gonna make are you gonna make some videos, maybe some brew videos? I know you're busy with your podcasts. But uh, maybe some brewing. I think the magic strategy would be a good video. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna. Uh, I got some ideas for another. Oh, yeah, video you're also finally. working a fucking full time ass job too. Yeah, I, I'm. I work eight to five every day, Monday through Friday. So like, it's it's hard to find time to actually do all this shit. And when I do have the time, I'm like, I just want to relax and chill out and not like kill myself. Break up with your girlfriend. But, Make content. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, She's not even like here right now. She's in a different country. Uh, but um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'll, I'll make something. I, I was going to do either Tribunal or something with like the Limbo stuff. Uh, but real quick, by the way, you can find me on Twitter at Bradsford and like threats and stuff. But real quick on Twitter, uh, one, one, another really fun fact that I just remembered about Elon Musk. Do you know, you know how he used to work for like uh, work for PayPal, right? 
Yeah, he like co-founded with Peter Thiel, I think. So, do you know why he was uh, partially removed from PayPal or like forced out, fired? What? No, give me the tea. So, one of the reasons he was, and it's not the whole reason, it's part of it. Um, he was obsessed with the, with the branding of X that he's changing Twitter to now. <laughs> And Stop. that, and he kept saying PayPal should be called X or whatever. If you go on his wiki and shit like that, it's all in there. You can go fucking find this really? uh, about PayPal and stuff. Um, and yeah, so uh, one of the reasons he got taken out is uh, part of his obsession with changing the name to X. And they're like, "That's so fucking stupid. Why are you like? What do you mean?" Dude, they and, already uh, uploaded uh, updated the wiki to um, co-founded X. Wait, yeah. Oh, wait. Or is this something to do with the PayPal thing? It says the startup was acquired by Compaq for three hundred seven million in nineteen ninety nine, and with twelve million dollars of money he made that same year, Musk co-founded X.com, a direct bank. Oh, okay. And X.com merged yeah. with Confinity in two thousand to form PayPal. Something weird. I need to dive into. Yeah, this. and he and he wanted to keep the X name. He's like, and they're like, no, that's not marketable. And that was part of the reason he was pushed out. Um, because he was obsessed with that. So now he's doing that with another like thing that he fi- finally actually owns. Didn't start, but he owns. Um, so yeah, I just think that's really funny. And uh, though I will say I'm not, I'm not too thrilled on the uh, potential idea. Like if Twitter X falls apart and people will go to threads and threads becomes the new thing. I'm not a big fan of uh, Zucky over there controlling three of the oh. biggest social media websites. Hey, hey um, man, that's that's the fucking capitalist way, right? We're just always looking for the lesser of evils, and you know, and then we got to support people like fucking that are terrible. I hate it. I hate everything. Well, we can, we can start a whole new podcast on that. Real quick, real quick. You see the new Spider-Man two footage from Comic Con where they showed Venom and shit. I didn't know yeah. Tony Todd was voicing Venom. That's gangster. He's great. He's a great voice actor. So if uh, I don't have a PlayStation, I'm still not going to get one just for Spider-Man because that'd be the only reason I'd get it. But yeah, it's such a great, great. That's why. That's why I made my girlfriend get it for me for my birthday. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Big brain. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, of course, we love you. We appreciate you. And as my old pastor always said, may his face shine on you and be gracious to you and look on you in favor and give you his peace. Amen. Bye bye. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.